Hello and welcome to Unbreak Your Health, the podcast program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies. And today our topic is therapeutic touch. And our guest is Diane May, president of the Therapeutic Touch International Association and a registered nurse. She has taught Therapeutic Touch internationally for 25 years, even teaching side-by-side with Dolores Krieger and Dora Kuntz, the co-founders of Therapeutic Touch. She's also the author of several books on the subject. Let's start by talking about Dolores Krieger and Dora Van Gelder Kuntz. How did they develop this Therapeutic Touch process? Well, actually, their first involvement with looking at healing was many years before that, and therapeutic touch actually was derived as sort of a modern-day version of a number of ancient healing practices. And early in the 60s, I guess, they had run across a fellow by the name of Oscar Estebani, who had been a colonel in the Hungarian army, and he had been involved with laying on of hands for quite a while, moved to Canada eventually, and they ran across him in their travels. I think that Dora had, Dora Kunz had really... Um, observed him work and really thought that what he did was pretty amazing. And working with laying on of hands, he worked with all different kinds of clients and, and found that it was particularly useful for lots of different sorts of problems. And what they did is brought him down to a retreat center in upstate New York, a place called Pumpkin Hollow Farm, where they observed him work. And they had patients come to see him from all over the place, really with all different sorts of diagnoses. And Adora and Dolores D. Krieger and another woman by the name of Otilia Bengston, who was an allergist from New York City, were the three people who actually sat in, in the room with him and watched him work and developed therapeutic touch in response to that, really. They observed him work, they saw what happened, and they put together a process that was step-by-step and could be replicated and taught and called it therapeutic touch, and it sort of came from that base. So that was their first Really, their first involvement with therapeutic touch was to develop this process, having watched Oscar Estebani work. And then they just really kind of worked with it. They experimented and kind of saw what worked and what didn't. And they developed this process and started teaching classes in therapeutic touch at Pumpkin Hollow in upstate New York back in, I think the first ones were in 72. And at that time, Dee Krieger was a professor of nursing at NYU. And the first class of people that really learned therapeutic touch were master's students at NYU, master's nursing students at NYU. You, who came down and, and really learned this process and kind of that's where it all started. What is therapeutic touch? Therapeutic touch is a, an energy type of energy work, a biofield therapy that works with near touch and light touch. It was developed as a modern day version of, as I said, a whole variety of different ancient healing practices and it was put together as a step-by-step process. It could be taught and replicated. How does it work exactly? Well, it works by looking at the human body and look at human beings as being an energy field. And so in therapeutic touch, we really look at the energy field as being almost a reflection of what's happening in our physical, emotional, mental, spiritual state. And when everything is fine within our state, the energy field feels even in free-flowing and smooth. And when there's problems, and what you notice as you assess as you move your hands through the field is you notice areas that feel different. And you learn through really through practice and through learning this process, how to be able to assess where the areas of disruption or imbalance are and then how to be able to influence the field through a passionate intention to help that person be more well. Diane, what exactly happens during a session? 
the session can really happen with the with the client being in any position that's comfortable for them. Uh, depending on where you're working, uh, sometimes people are sitting in a chair, sometimes people are laying on a table, a massage table, or in a hospital bed, or wherever they happen to be comfortable. I've worked with people in wheelchairs and you know really wherever they can manage and. What happens then is the the practitioner would center their consciousness, so they still their state. They take some deep breaths and center, and then they move their hands through the field, working midline out, head to foot, and front and back, looking for any areas that feel disrupted, that feel different, and anything really that catches their attention, because it isn't always just feelings in your hands that you notice, but there's other ways of being able to have differences in the field present to you, and each practitioner does that a little differently. Once they've done an assessment, then they often will go back to the client and say, I'm noticing that there's differences in the field in this area and this area, and to get some feedback from the client about whether that makes any sense to them or not, and then they go back to rebalance what they found. So however the field presented itself to them in areas that are disrupted, what they do is they offer something that's the opposite of that to bring it into balance and to allow the field at the end of it all to be even and free-flowing. And what that does, and that supports the body's ability to do whatever it can to return to a more balanced state. Treatments tend to last anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes or so, and that's kind of average. And generally there's a rest period for the client at the end of maybe 5 or 10 minutes to give them the chance just to to kind of get their brains back, because very often they're in a pretty relaxed state at that point. What does a therapeutic touch session look like when somebody's watching it? When you're watching a therapeutic touch session, it's a very peaceful experience for the the person watching it. It's certainly a very quieting, it's almost an intimate kind of interaction between the practitioner and the client. And from the standpoint of the person observing it, it almost feels at the end of it all like you've had a session yourself. It's very, very rhythmic. The hands move in, in a very even and rhythmic way so that from the practitioner's standpoint, as they're moving through the field, their hands move from sort of midline out and from top to bottom. And we tend not to move either in or up because that's disrupting and agitating for the client. But from the standpoint of the person observing, it's really, it's a, it's a pleasure to watch. It's like watching a dance almost. It has the same kind of feel to it. Do the hands move in circular motions or straight line or do they focus on... No, they tend not to move in circular movements. It's more from the midline out, from the center of the body out, or from the top and down, and not moving back and forth, but to move in one direction and then start again moving in the same direction. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Some energy manipulation therapies, they try and move in circular motions around energy centers like chakras, and I want to be sure, because it sounded like yours was more trying to remove energy and, and stabilize the system. Right. Well, it's actually some of both. We don't tend to work, we work with the chakras. You you always influence the chakras if you're working with the energy field. But in therapeutic touch, we don't have the intention to manipulate them in any way. You know, we believe that by balancing the field, you're supporting the function of the chakra. And it's not that other therapies are wrong. It's just that we don't tend to come at it from exactly the same place. And it's really all about supporting the field, balancing the field, and then the chakra will kind of do what it needs to do from there. So that's so we don't move in circular ways for that reason because, again, what you don't want to create is areas of disruption. And if you think about the energy field as being like a river or a waterfall, that might even be a better example, that moves kind of from top to bottom. And very often you'll find that there are areas in the waterfall that there's rocks. And with the, where there's rocks, where there's differences, what you find is you find a disruption in the flow through that area. And so that when you're working with that and you're trying to reestablish flow, you can either move that rock out to the side to allow the flow to be reestablished or you can move it straight down 
to allow the flow to be reestablished. And when the flow is even and free, and the, the, the field is free-flowing, that's the optimal state of the field. And so that will support the body's ability to heal itself. How does it feel to have therapeutic touch done on you? Oh, fairly amazing, I have to tell you. You know, I've always called it recreational therapeutic touch. What can I do? <laughs> we need drugs. <laughs> but it's, it's a really very peaceful, quiet, pleasant, you know, the relaxation response that comes in within two to four minutes for most people, it's profoundly relaxed. And it's really an amazing feeling to have someone in, connect with you in that way. I think for most people who've never had the experience before, it takes a couple of treatments to feel the level of trust that you could really kind of let someone else in and work with you and not have to worry too much about it. But I think that once you've done that, and I think any therapeutic touch practitioner, you know, they love to have treatments. They love to have as many treatments as they can. That's one of the reasons that I, I really love to teach therapeutic touch because it gives me a chance to have treatments too. You know, not only do I get a chance to work with people and to teach people, but then to have them work with me as well. Is it used in nursing homes as well as hospitals today? It's used everywhere. I have to tell you, I worked in long-term care for probably 20-some years, and I started as a healthcare aide when I was 15 and worked all the way through as a director of nursing and administrator and so on. One of the things that I did is I trained my staff to use therapeutic touch on the residents within the facilities, and I've done a tremendous amount of teaching to people that work in long-term care as well as in hospice, certainly in hospitals, but also in the community and almost every kind of circumstance you can think of. I worked in corrections for a number of years when I was first starting my own business and, you know, helping to work in healthcare and have another tool other than just drugs, you know, to be able to work with the inmates was really very effective. So there's many different areas that this is being used. Almost anywhere you can think of, they're using TT in education, working with the kids to help the teachers learn how to manage the energy in the room more effectively. That also has an effect on how able their students are to learn because it keeps things in a more peaceful place. I've heard that it's even been used in labor. Oh, yes, a lot. When my daughter had her baby, um, now he's 11 now, and I've had the opportunity to be in the labor room with probably at least a dozen people over the years, but that was probably the one I remember the most because it's my, my family. It was It's amazing the difference it can make for laboring women, just in terms of their comfort in helping things happen more effectively and, and helping the, the ease of the delivery generally, and it really is. And also teaching the, the partners how to use therapeutic touch with the moms can be amazing because it helps to bond them, but then also to use therapeutic touch on the baby afterwards. It really also bonds the family, the unit. So it's, it's really can, can be very effective. Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. What kind of health problems is TT good for? Well, it's good for, for many different things. There's sort of five things that research is showing very consistently that Therapeutic Touch does amazing work with. First one is it seems to do really good work with anxiety, with stress. The relaxation response is very consistent and profound within two to four minutes for most people. It's faster than most things I've found. It's good for helping to reduce blood pressure and so on and all the things that relate to anxiety states. The second thing is it seems to do really good work with uh, immune function. And it doesn't just boost immune function or dampen it. It helps to the body to normalize it so that if you have 
autoimmune diseases, it can be useful as well as for people who are having problems in the other way. If they've got flu or things like that, or if they've got something like cancer or AIDS where it's an autoimmune response, it can be helpful in helping to regulate the, the immune system. So it supports the body's ability to heal itself. It does really good things with wound healing. It does amazing things in helping to speed wound healing. There's been some good research that shows that. There's also been a lot of research looking at issues around pain. And it, very often it's not going to change the amount of for instance, it's not going to change the amount of narcotic, for example, a burn patient might require because very often the amount of narcotic doesn't take the pain away. It just takes the edge off. But what it does is it makes the experience of pain much less, you know, and for a lot of people who have chronic pain, therapeutic touch can be very effective in helping to reduce that experience so that they're able to cope better. And pain is something that there's been a lot of research done on. There's been some, some interesting research recently at the University of Connecticut where they looked at actually bone cells and they did have therapeutic tests done on cells that were not part of an actual growing organism. It was pretty amazing to see what it did. It seemed to support the growth of bone cells. And then what it did also in sarcoma cells that were from bone cancer, what it did, it seemed to suppress the growth of sarcoma cells, which is an interesting sort of, it, it supported the healthy cells and it really kind of dampened down the, the cells that were not healthy. So I thought that was kind of an, an interesting way of looking at how it helps the body normalize. Absolutely. What do doctors and the medical community think of therapeutic touch? You know, it, it kind of depends. I think when I first started this 25 years ago, it was that they all thought we were fairly insane. And I think now there's still a portion of the population that believes that. But it depends a lot on the specialty that they're in. If they're in a specialty where it tends to be more chronically or catastrophically affecting the person, you know, for chronic illness, for rheumatologists, for palliative care, for oncology and, and for, you know, for cancer specialists and so on, for all of those sorts of things, for cardiologists as well because there's been a lot of work done with relaxation response and heart disease and so on. So I think for areas where there isn't always a cure, you know, and what you're really doing is you're, you're managing symptoms and trying to minimize the damage that the disease really has on the individual, then I think that those particular types of physicians tend to be more optimistic and more pro looking at whatever we can do that's not going to harm the person, but that may support their ability to function better. And there's many that are working in places like fertility clinics that think this is the, this is the one of the best things since sliced bread. You know, it's, it really does seem to do good things with women getting pregnant when they've been having trouble. You know, so there's lots of different areas where physicians are really finding that this has been helpful, and there's others that have never really taken the time to look and so would rather err on the side of being more careful, more cautious for their patients than really look at what some of the other things that are available out there might do for them. And my next question kind of has a couple of parts. Do we all have natural healing ability and can anyone learn to do therapeutic touch or does it take somebody who's medically trained like a nurse? No and no. <laughs> Anybody can learn to do this. I've probably taught something in the, in the vicinity of 40,000 people how to do therapeutic touch so far all over the world. That yes, anyone can learn to do this. You don't have to be a nurse. You don't have to be a medical professional. I think that this is being used all over the place by pretty much anybody you can think of at this point. I had one individual in Northern Ontario, I'm actually Canadian, and in Northern Ontario I taught a group of people and there was one guy who was um, an Olympic class weightlifter who was blind. 
And he was wonderful at this. He thought it was great. And there was another guy in the same class who was, he called himself an intuitive electrician. I have no idea what that means. The only thing I think I know is I don't want him working on my house. But at any rate, <laughs> he said he would just become one with whatever it was, and then he would fix whatever it was and, and carry on. And so, you know, there's people of all sorts that really are learning this and are finding that it's enhancing their lives. I really think that this is something that there will always be people that you'll go to sort of as professionals in the field that when someone's ill or something, something's really going on, but this is something that can be used for first aid at home. This is something that can be used in any circumstance that you happen to be in in your life. And so, you know, there are going to be degrees of people who, rather of the skill, skill base based on their knowledge, their practice, and so on. But really, anyone can learn. Anyone can learn and anyone can get really good at this based on the amount of that they practice it. How much training is required? Well, it doesn't take much training to get you started. There is a process to go through to become qualified practitioners and teachers and so on. The basic workshops are done usually over weekends, and so you can have an, a basic class that's two days long, an intermediate class is two days long, and an advanced class is two days long, and they're usually spaced out over the course of about a year. Now, in between that, there are also practice groups you can get involved with to practice your skills. There are case study forms that you can complete. There is a process to, of mentoring that you can go through in order to become qualified practitioners. So there's a variety of things that you can do, but you can get the basics very quickly, but you don't get good at it unless you practice. Speaking of practice, how many practitioners are there today? Well, I can tell you that worldwide, conservatively, we've probably trained about 200,000 altogether. Now, That's there are people involved in organizations in varying places all over, but there's probably been about 200,000 people trained so far. I have to admit that even I get confused. Can you explain how the Krieger-Kunst therapeutic touch is different from Janet uh, mentions healing touch? Sure. Healing touch is basically a program of study that takes techniques from a whole variety of different types of energy work, Brooke Joy's work, Rosalind Breer's work. There's a whole variety of people who they've taken, they sort of pluck techniques from a lot of different places and put it together as a program of study. So that's what healing touch is. Therapeutic touch evolved sort of unto itself as a sort of a complete entity. And that doesn't mean that one's better than the other. They're coming from a little different places, that's all. But I think that with therapeutic touch, it's really all about learning about who you are as an individual, learning to be able to function in a centered state, learning to be able to really be present with people, learning to be able to assess and work with someone based on that whole process of being centered and having a specific intention to work with them from a place of compassion. That's really what therapeutic touch is all about. So that's probably the primary difference between those two. Now, if you want to talk about Reiki as well, Reiki is probably the difference with Reiki is that Reiki practitioners, Reiki masters believe that you, you need to have your hands attuned by a master. That's the, mo the majority of them. And so you need to have the ability to do that kind of bestowed upon you by someone else. Whereas with therapeutic touch, we believe that this is a natural human potential. Also, Reiki has a very specific set of hand positions and symbols that they image while they're working. And with therapeutic touch, and it's always pretty much hands-on unless they're doing distance work. With therapeutic touch, it's near touch, light touch. So you can work hands-on, but you don't have to. And you're working based on an assessment. So each treatment, each session is going to be different based on what the assessment tells you. So those are probably the primary differences. The Therapeutic Touch International Association was originally called the Nurse Healers Professional Associates International, wasn't it? That's right. Nurse Healers actually started out representing a variety of different modalities, not just therapeutic touch. And I think in about 98, it was changed to just really being involved with, with therapeutic touch only. And uh, one of the biggest stumbling blocks that we've had over the years is that, first of all, people thought you had to be a nurse to belong. That was, that was number one. And the second thing is they weren't quite sure what we were doing. 
So we really wanted to make the name of our organization represent who we are and what we are and what we do. So changing it to Therapeutic Touch International Association, Inc., is, was really our movement towards letting people know that, first of all, it's for people who do therapeutic touch and are interested in therapeutic touch, and it doesn't matter whether you're a nurse or a doctor or who you are. If you have the interest, then you should belong. All right, that's one of the things. The second thing is people don't have to ask anymore what it is that we do because it's very clear that it's therapeutic touch. So our movement in that direction was really to provide clarity for people because every time you talk to someone, it was, do you have to be a nurse and what is it that you do? (laughs) So now we don't have those extra questions that we have to answer all the time. Diane, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me about Therapeutic Touch today. Anyone wanting to learn more about Therapeutic Touch should visit the website for the Therapeutic Touch International Association at www.therapeutic-touch.org. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'll be back again next week with another edition, but to learn more about our guest today, please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.